scripture reading for today comes from Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them, bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them to the daughters. This took place to your king, it was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, A colt, the fowl of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put them on their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Gabe, Cheryl, Jonathan. Now know that Jonathan sings. Uh, but I was, I was that why some uh, made out of me why. But I was, because, you, you know, I guess we need those. And so um, I did not read in detail on Amazon. That's my bad. I own that. I own that. So I received my wooden wine goblets, and they were like that big. <laughs> I did not get the wine goblets that I thought I ordered. Uh, I, I think that's, that's Palm Sunday. That's Palm Sunday. We do not get the God we ordered. We do not get the God we ordered. Let's return him to the UPS store or some other drop-off location. Not the God I ordered. All right, Jesus enters into Jerusalem. And just as a reminder, I think a lot of people wonder, like, why was everyone fired up? And, and then a week later, like, why? They, they were just ready to kill him. Just really important is, remember, that's the Mecca for Passover, and so all of the people in Jerusalem are country outsiders. They are not part of the religious elite in Jerusalem. And so those that have been coming are from all over who have heard Jesus, and they're fired up about this prophet. Why is he murdered a week later? It is the religious elite inside Jerusalem that says, no, 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 whatever you've heard out there is wrong. Let's kill him. So here we are in Palm Sunday, and Jesus is being receiving the adoration from all of the people from the country and outlying parts that have heard of this great prophet. So this is what I want us to do to, uh, this afternoon. I want us to show that Jesus is humble. So he's not just displaying Humility, he is humble. Now, we have something here. Jesus is both meek, 
full of meekness and he's full of majesty. Both of those things. And so how? How is he humble and yet can be a king? How can that be? And then the second thing I want to touch on is humility is this beautiful gift that no one wants. And if our Jesus is truly humble, then he's drawing us to humility. It's beautiful when we see it, but nobody wants it. So this question that I want us to drive our time is this, is um, what is Jesus like? Um, from Colossians 1, 1 it says Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So Jesus, if you wanna know what God is like, you're like, I wonder what he's like. To use my kids' phraseology, actually like. Like actually, how is he? Okay? That's the theological question. What's he like? What is the character of Jesus? So in Mark 11, Matthew 21 that we just read, um, he's hailed as a king. And Gabe mentioned it, I mentioned it before, this is from Psalm 118, it's a mashup of those two Hebrew words that says save us. You have the, uh, we, are, we are thinking you might have the power to do something. You have the power to do things, you'll fix something. If, if you can drain a swamp, like we think you're the secret person to do that. Like we think you can do this. We're hoping we get a triumph out of you. Um, one of the last events that we had before as dudes here in the Wake community before we went into lockdown was the first, um, or the, actually the second uh, uh, Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury fight. And then we got another one before the lockdown even, we came out of lockdown, so we've had two <laughs> Wilder Fury fights in the pandemic. And um, I, I love Deontay Wilder because he's from Tuscaloosa where I used to minister, so they called him the Bronze Bomber. And um, he's... He's, he is a specimen. If you see this guy in real life, he is a specimen. Uh, he is big, and he's got guns, and he's jacked, swole, whatever you want to use. It's, it's, it's Deontay. And um, it, that, that second fight, or the first fight in lockdown, um, it was in Vegas, and they had all of the pageantry. So this is what I want. Uh, do we have that? So I, I, I didn't do all six minutes of this ring walk. Um, and I'll, I'll let the video catch up. But before this part, just watch it. Before this part, he's on an actual golden litter, like Egyptian style. They have like six dudes carrying the litter, and he's come off of the litter, right? And now he's making his way, threading it through, and, you, and you've got a guy before him announcing the belt, right? Saying all, and then you've got entourage, all right? That's the bronze bomber. Amazing. He looks like Sauron there in that, <laughs> that, that, that get up. Um, all right. It's over the top. It's, it's Vegas, baby. And it's, it's smoke, lights, booming beats. Um, it's quite the show. And, and I think it's such a great picture of like how this is this rolls in Vegas showtime. Um, I still don't think, and this is why I think it's actually very, very Roman, it's still not as obnoxious as a Roman entry. 
a Roman triumph, a Caesar entrance. So um, you have uh, Caesar Augustus, which means master of his all things. Or, and, he, and they hold triumph. And a triumph is, is it's a weird triumphalis. So this is what you do. You get decked out in your finery. You wind your way through the streets. There's this massive parade. You go to the temple of Apollos. Um, you make sacrifices. You present these tokens of victory to Apollo. Um, there's a hymn. There's hymns written about you. You have, you know, I don't know, singing. I can, I, I can look up. Um, 27 maidens, 27 youth. This is like, uh, uh, you show your wealth. Um, one account has uh, this entire ox-driven wagon just piled in gold. Like, this is like, this is parade kind of stuff where you have all of the people who matter in a culture. Um, are you there? Have you ever been to the Rose Parade and you're like, well, and with that? You know someone's important because there's a buzz on them, the entourage, the buzz, and they're like, who is that? Who is that? Who is? They have to be important. So you, it, it, Rome has the same thing. You have trumpeters using army. You have white bulls for sacrifice. I mean, it's like a circus. It's like a zoo. It's like, it's like a menagerie of all the cool things you found from across the world. You put it in the parade. This is how you roll into Rome. This is how Caesar rolls into Rome. You have civil servants, you have bodyguards, you have a chariot, um, sometimes two horses, four horses. You've got his family, officers of the emperor. I'm not the one overdoing this, by the way. You're like, yeah, 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 we get it. No, no, I'm just like, it's just over the top. Uh, you, get, you get gladiators, you get army, not in full dress, all oiled up, looking jacked, looking swole. Um, and then you have the emperor's chariot. And again, and he has one job, and it's to stand behind him and hold that, that laurel. And he says, you are a man. You are but a man. You are but a man. He has to remind the emperor that he's human. Because when you roll boss style like that, you know what you think? You think, I am the master of all things. It's true. And you've got a slave whose one job is to say, actually, you're just a dude. But that's how you triumph. That's how you roll into a place. So here is the Passover, and the master of all things, the true master of all things, is coming in on a colt. And it has a little bit of a comic air to it. Why? Okay, he's God, but he's on a colt. Right? Comedians like to do play in opposites. Let me give you some comedy. When I first moved to L.A., um, I had a friend who had derived great pleasure in taking me out to Beverly Hills, Hollywood hotspots, um, just to show me. Show me connection, show me the life, show how cool it was. And we did this for like the six months. So he said, it's the Republic, whatever it is. And he'd be like, oh yeah, do you, wanna, do you wanna shake their hand? Do you wanna, do you wanna meet, do you wanna go? Do you wanna? Talk to him. No, 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 I don't, I don't. 
Um, but you know what's really funny? You guys will get a kick out of this. Comedy of opposites. I had a perverse pleasure of driving up to Mastro's and handing them the keys to my 2007 Toyota Sienna. That's kind of funny. You laughed, right? Oh, that's hilarious because it's a really expensive place and you have a pile of junk. That's hilarious, that's comedy gold. Oh, the God, the master of all things, rolls into Jerusalem on a colt. Ha, 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 ha. Wait, how come you're not laughing? That's funny. Has a comedic air to it, doesn't it? Oh, that's hilarious. It's like Biden rolling up to a UN or NATO meeting, and he's like in a little Mario Kart, you know, knees up to his chest. Hey, guys. I'm here. Gets a note. Well, that's not. <laughs> you guys are like, I-, I read this article. I don't know about this. Um, LeBron game outfit. And what they do is they total up his outfit. There, there's a blog that totals up how much his pregame outfit costs. And you can't wear the same thing twice. Not if you really are the goat. What accessories does he have? How's it cut? Who designed it? That's 22 grand on him tonight. That's not bad. Way to roll in. It looks a little like a purse. Is that a purse? Is it a man bag? What is that? What is that? Uh, do, do, you can't roll into somewhere wearing your thrifting ensemble. Why? We're going we're gonna to value you that way. And you better come strong. You better show it. You better wear it on your exterior. You better how can humility be displayed with power and majesty simultaneously? Acting. But how can it actually be true? How can Jesus be actually humble? You see, in, with humanity, you, you usually pick one. You can choose to be humble or you can choose to decide. Where will get you? Are you going to play it humble or are you going to play it like you are the master of others? I just came up with that, by the way. That's not in the notes. What? Amen. <laughs> Usually play it, like, you can't be the goat and Mother Teresa. Pick one, pick one. Cloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Here it says it to you. Your king, majesty, salvation, like he has the power to do it, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a, you're gonna see something weak. All at the same time. Um, it's, it's, this, it's John's vision, right, of future times. He's leading, and, and what they call them elders in Revelation 5, leaders around uh, John. Stop, stop, dry your eye. Dry your eye, John. Like, stop the sadness. Because Lion of Judah is on that throne. Look over there, John. This is in Revelation 5. Um, I'm going to look over. And John doesn't, oh, there's this lion. And John looks over, and what does he see? Wait, what? Look at the lion. I see a slaughtered lamb. This is the beauty, is that there is majesty and meekness all in the same place. There's this 
old, old sermon uh, by Jonathan Edwards. And I can only wish, um, what, I, what I put, actually, not an act, oh, conjunction. Listen, verse excellencies in Christ Jesus. I need titles like that. Like my diverse excellencies in Christ Jesus. And he talks about Revelation 5. Majesty and meekness at the same time. The diverse excellencies do not think can possibly ever go together. Um, you know, Trader Joe's orange chicken, rice, orange chicken on top, bowl, very simple but wonderful part of orange chicken house. We went from needing one bag to two bags. Um, it happens and it disappears. And then there's odds here. Oh, okay. <laughs> After dinner, and the kids are like, we're going to go get new bowls. I'm just like, no, I'm good. I got my bowl right here. And my kids are like, that is disgusting. And it is delicious. And but, but think about something more contradictory, right? Like um, castor oil. Hmm. <laughs> this should be like ingredients on some truffles. Hmm. Um, this, this thing that Jesus tried on humility for 33 human years. And then, after the crucifixion and the resurrection, whew, got that over, now I'm going to go back to being the baller master of all things with no humility. That is a false understanding of Jesus because, A, Jesus is human today. And he's still humble. I can hardly conceive of a God like that. This is what I'm trying to tell you is that like Jesus didn't have this temporary display. That's my verbal humility. How can I think I'm humble with that without truly having to when I'm in my private time? But maybe it's the unspoken thing. No, this is the character of God. You know what? <laughs> See, I always say that, like at the top of our time, Jesus is, we ordered the wrong God in Jesus on Palm Sunday. Because this is the Jesus you and I would have probably accepted and said, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We would have accepted this, the best display ever of humility and gentleness at, as long as he would secretly snipe my enemy and yet seemed like the most I ever. You know what we would accept as spirituality and growth in Jesus is if I got better at play acting at humility except never became actually humble. I would accept that as long as people thought, oh wow, he is so humble. Let me ask you some questions. If it meant that you would have much, much less material cool stuff than your friends, but you would actually be humble Would you want humility? If it meant 
Let me ask you another from your If it meant that, and to have no real cool vocation of prestige or power or influence, but you would have true humility, would you want humility? You see, I, I would venture to guess, and this is my own heart too, I'll unzip that for you. You don't have to unzip yours. But I'd venture to guess, a lot of us want humility. See, most of us want this, and, and even when I read things and you read things, most of us want this. Tim, could you give us some tips tonight? How to display humility, question mark? Tim, please don't tell us how to be humble. Not really humble for crying out. Hey, Tim, don't go there. Teach us to play act at humility. But this, I said this at the top of our time. Did you know that Jesus is intent and fixed, focused on making you and me like him? Body one. Humility. Beauty. I, I mean, I wrestle with this. I, if you're talking about like when I am in private and I'm praying towards these things, do I want to lose reputation? Do I want to lose my wealth? Do I, do I want to lose any defense to, of myself to public opinion? Do I want to lose that? And, and I hear, I just hear, I don't hear a voice here, but I hear his words, do you want to be like me? And I answer in prayer, I say, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, no. I mean, yes. I mean, I don't know, just, I don't know, yes, no. That, that's a real prayer, by the way, of mine. You're like, wow, you have very confused prayers. I do. See, he's not looking for us to copy him. As if simple mimicry and external display would be enough. That that kind of brings a hopelessness. Like I can't, if I try to be humble, I'm going to pray. Be humble. But patience will give you power. The first is this. Would you receive his humility as better than everything you've got going for your self-glory project? Would you just receive, say, I'm gonna, that's real humility, and I trust it. And I trust it that it's, so that's number one application. Two, I don't know if you can do this, and I don't know if I can do this, but can you pray this, Jesus, make me actually humble, amen. Wait, can I take that one back? I don't know, I just said it. Why? Asking quite that fear to Jesus. Let's pray into it. Jesus, um, you're not the God we ordered, and that is a gift. You gave us the God who is power and majesty through dominance 
but through giving up your life. Jesus, make me humble. And would you shepherd my insane fears of being humble? Apply this to our hearts, we pray. Amen.